0: Welcome to the Driving Force Podcast, a podcast for new and aspiring leaders within the transportation and logistics industry. I'm your host, AP, and along with Matt Loggins, we have over 20 years of combined experience within the transportation and logistics industry. But more importantly, we're young, hungry, and nimble, and we've used that to our advantage to navigate advance and grow in an ever-changing industry. So without further ado, here is the Driving Force Podcast.
1: Welcome to the second part of the origin story for Matt and AP. Um, AP, just want to get started today. Um, what leadership means to you? I mean,
0: yeah. So I, I think, you know, it's it's one of the, the many uh, hats that, that you get kind of thrust upon you, Um In certain situations i was fortunate enough to have some um some good examples um growing up and and when i got into quote unquote the real world so i I think you know for me leadership is about and you said it in our last conversation is 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 putting others before yourself and it's it's really hard to do it's really um something that that you have to be in the right mind space to be able to, to get accomplished every single day. Um, but it's it's, what, it's how you move the ball down the field. It's how you uh, make everybody else around you better and, and successful. And so um, I saw that growing up. I saw that you know when I got into, fortunate to see that when I got into my career. And so that's, that's ultimately what leadership means to me. Just tell us a little bit about kind of where your career started my, my journey took a squirrely kind of turn. It, um, I had taken a job with a uh, a company that was helping. So Katrina happened in 2005. I graduated college in 2006 um, and I planned on working in the city to help with the, the, the debris removal for this company that was based out in New York. They want a, a government contract to come down and and put you know, trucks and drivers in place to help with um, helping people get back on their feet. And so I, I accepted the job, but it wound up being um, not the right opportunity for a number of reasons, mainly because they wanted me to be a a part-time diesel mechanic, and it wasn't that wasn't in my repertoire at the time. It still isn't, and and it didn't feel right, and it didn't feel like I was I was giving my, myself the best opportunity to be successful within that, that organization. So um, I, I left after two short days of realizing that it wasn't going to be a good fit, and then uh, had an interview pop up with Duprey the next very next day. That's good timing, right? Perfect time. Look, you know, life, everything in life happens for a reason. And I was very fortunate to, 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 to be able to, to have that opportunity kind of kind of expose itself at the time when I needed it. Because um, I was I was down in the pits. You know, I, I, I thought I had to start this journey of, of interviewing and interviewing and, 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 and selling myself over and over again after I've been doing it for a very long time before that. Um, and so it, it was it was timing was right.
1: I know a lot of kids out there right now, especially graduation, right? Around the corner, they're interviewing. How did you stay positive during that time when you're interviewing, you don't hear back. You interview, you don't hear back. How how did you handle that?
0: Yeah, so I took a a very different approach. Uh, I applied and interviewed for as many positions as I could, um, mainly because uh, during that time, the economy was kind of slowing down just a little bit. Um, and I didn't want to be on the outside looking in and not having a job and not having a career start, uh, you know, six, 12, 18 months down the road. So um, I interviewed. I interviewed. interviewed starting November 2005 until I got my first, the the, the very first job offer in like uh, May 2006. And so uh, I had it in my head that I was going to interview no matter what. And if I didn't get feedback, okay. Uh, if I didn't get the job, okay. It was on to the next one. There was going to be always going to be a next opportunity for me to try to knock knock on somebody's door, uh, present myself, uh, and, and try to put my best foot forward. So my mentality that whole time was just trying to stay positive, trying to stay engaged. I had a good support system. My, my sister and my brother-in-law were in Baton Rouge, so they gave me, always gave me good feedback, always prepped me for for my interviews, um, and were able to, uh, to really get me in the right mind space to go and attack it.
1: Absolutely. Okay. So you started in Baton Rouge and how, how, how was that process when you interviewed and and once you actually accepted, like, tell us, walk us through as a new manager starting out, like, what was that like for you to try to implement new, I guess, leadership style, right, uh, into the, in the terminal?
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, I got hired on in Baton Rouge as an assistant terminal manager to uh, Terry Adams, who's over uh, the gas. Um, Um, group at the time for baton rouge and terry has a very unique style and it's 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 what drew me to want to work with her and for her um first of all she's the only woman terminal manager in the entire company at the time um that's that's unique there because i mean you look around the industry it's heavily male dominated right
1: heavily and, and i think that needs to change obviously
0: so that that's great well and it has it has tremendously but I think a young precocious kid coming out of college with you know not knowing anything about the industry uh, I really felt like she could teach you some things that nobody else could she had had to overcome the stigma of it being a male dominated industry the stigma of being male dominated management management you know, industry um, and so she really did teach me a lot about you know um, being prepared about having a plan of action about how you treat your people and how you you know things you can do to to, to, to leverage um, those relationships. So she taught me a lot. She taught me, you know, that, that was one of the first places where, where I really realized that, that leadership wasn't, was, was an action, not just, you know, a word. Um, it was, it was, you had, it was active. You had to be engaged and involved in order to make, get the best out of your people and help them be successful. So, so she had me for about six months and then, um, I got shipped off to Beaumont, Texas to run a, a five truck, eight to 10 driver terminal by myself. Um, and kind of, you know, really refine my, 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 leadership craft and my leadership skills and, uh, and learn how to run a small operation by myself. So, you know, one of the, the big lessons I took from that is you know, that 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 time was that when you're in that position and, and you're in a leadership position where you're responsible for others, it can be really stressful if you're not in the right mind space to, to take on the challenge. And the re- reason I say that is because you're not always going to be liked for the decisions that you make. Nobody's going to give credit for the, the choices that you make. Um, and so, you're not gonna get a pat on the back for doing the right thing. You're not gonna, you know, not, not gonna add a boy for, 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 for doing what needs to be done. Um, but on the flip side, you know, if you seek those things, if you yearn for those things, leadership isn't for you. The first time being on my own and having to figure that out, it, it was a little bit of a challenge, but, but ultimately I, I decided that for my particular style and what I, what I want to become, that it worked for me and it suited me to not have to worry about, you know, Uh, getting adoration or pats on the back for just doing my job I figured if I do my job do my my part within the company within the organization things will happen and 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 you know, I'll um, be rewarded for it later on uh, because you know that's that's just how I thought.
1: So you spend some time there in, in, in Beaumont, and then t- walk us through that next phase.
0: Yeah. So there was uh, an opportunity that came up in Shreveport um, to consolidate multiple locations into one location with one manager because that that particular area had grown significantly, and so uh, I, I accepted the job up there, and basically I ran. I-20 corridor from Texas to, uh, to Mississippi, you know, talking about, you know, going from a, a five truck operation to a, uh, 20 truck three location, uh, operation. It was, it was a huge step, uh, and, and a huge, um, um, stretch for me and a stretch for, for, for my abilities at the time. Um, but you know, I think having a plan of action, having uh, self-awareness to know that you, I don't, I didn't know everything. I, I didn't want to claim to know everything. I, I, I need to lean on people who have been, you know, in that industry industry and in it and you know mainly the truck drivers so you know that was kind of my style so every time I went to a new location I, I sought out uh, opinions and 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 you know uh, advice from the senior drivers and, and, and got their perspective on things and how they saw the world uh, and got into to, to their, their mindset. Um, sometimes it's good, sometimes bad, but at least you get their perspective on on how things are. They'll tell you how it is and, and they'll tell you exactly what maybe you, you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Um, and if, you know, and I think if you build that and that's with anything, so whether it's, you know, you're a, a truck driver or sales manager or, or, or individual contributor, you know, when you have the people around you that, that are willing to tell you exactly what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. I mean, improves you i mean if you take it the right way um if you take it in the right frame that it's meant to be and if you seek it you know people will definitely uh, give you tips on how to correct those things and how to to alleviate some of the problems that may arise
1: well and let's talk about that so you went from five trucks to basically 20 so you quadrupled your size what was the hardest part about tackling that challenge versus the the challenge that you had in beaumont
0: Yeah, so it was, it became a time management, right? I mean, you can't be in all places all the time and you can't, you know, there there are certain things you have to get done throughout the day from hiring, training, developing people, you know, holding people accountable. Took probably a a good three months for me to feel comfortable where I had my arms around everything. Uh, Well, I knew the customer base, well, I knew how we made money. I knew, you know, which drivers I had to kind of lean on, which drivers I knew if I asked them to do something, they would do it, you know, Uh, How I needed to 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 talk about certain things that that was that the company was going through as far as growth, what it meant to them. So you know that that's that's kind of how it went. And then you know from there, once we got it rolling, once we got everything kind of uh, in place, you know it was kind of like clockwork. Where people just understood what was expected. You know they knew I was going to be there. They knew I was going to be there for them, and and we went went and we were successful.
1: I think that's key: setting clear expectations. Right? There's there's no surprises. There's no uh, uncertainty. Um, you put it all out on the table, and you're going to get results a lot quicker because everybody's on the same page. Everybody's trying to do the same goal, and and, and you're a lot more successful. So you move on so you stay there for a while right in shreveport
0: yeah so i was there for about a year and a half and then dallas comes open yeah so so dallas comes up open and at first i'm really hesitant because you know i'm hesitant because i just got engaged and you know my wife is from south louisiana and she's never been away from her family and I don't, I'm of the mindset, you know, I don't care where I go. You know, home is kind of fluid. You know, if I can call somebody, if I can visit every so often, I'm, I'm okay. And and she was different. And so, you know, she was okay with Shreveport. Like she was gun ho about Shreveport. And that was, you know, that was, that was fine. Not very far. When we started talking about Dallas. It was like, you know, well, first it was, you know, there was a possibility that, that Denver was going to be an option. Wow. And... Yeah. So, so, so talk about that because I, you know, I don't
1: even know you gotta, you gotta share that story with, with our listeners because that, that's, that's out there.
0: Yeah. We were in discussions, Company was in discussions about buying an operation out there. And, and because I was always willing to say yes. And and I knew my Shreveport wasn't going to be my in all be all. Uh, we had some, some discussions about possibly going to Denver. And I was, I was very excited about Denver, very excited about possibly going there. And then uh, it changed from Denver to Dallas and, and still excited and, my wife's excited because we're like okay that's closer you know we'll have to uh we can still drive it we can still have, it's only an hour flight hour and 15 minute flight something like that i didn't need to leave i was perfectly fine with being in louisiana North louisiana uh, i was perfectly fine being where i was um and i was getting married you know it, it was it was a lot and i, I was very apprehensive uh, but you know something kept tugging at me and saying you know I enjoyed a challenge. It was going to be another challenge that I can I could uh, I could try to overcome, um, and ultimately accepted it and literally got married in July two thousand nine. Went to our honeymoon. A week later, we came back, packed up my Shreveport for a condo, and drove to Dallas, <laughs> and 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 found a place um, and kind of settled down there for for two years. And, and and Dallas was even more of a challenge. You know, you go from uh, a smaller uh, community sized field in, in North Louisiana to a big city. You know, um, high lots of competition Um, and so you know it was it was the challenge I needed at the time and and it it really you know forged me to be uh, to know exactly I I knew who I was I knew what I was going to tolerate and I knew what it took to get the job done
1: well I think that's important because a lot of our listeners hopefully will benefit from that because they, they see that hey he has some hesitation you know about moving right a lot of a lot of people want to stay closer to home and that's normal change is scary
0: for all of us
1: yeah it's it's the unknown right the, the uncertainty we don't know what we don't know until we go down that path and we don't want to make the wrong decision
0: right so right you know so it was a, a larger location a larger city uh, a lot more responsibility and it was you know it was going to be a challenge and and so the first 5 months you know, I, I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere, you know, like, you know, where, you know, my, my, my voice wasn't being heard the way I thought it, would, it needed to be heard. Um, and there was some dysfunction uh, around, you know, how things operated and, and it wasn't how, what I was used to. So part of that was adaptation and understanding what worked and what didn't work and not forcing, you know, a square peg into a round hole. Um, and, and some of it was like, hey, no, this is how we're going to do it. This is why we're going to do it, you know, and, and being very clear on the reasons why. And so we got it turned around pretty quickly. Uh, probably not as quick as I, I, I anticipated it. and we grew so that was kind of like, so it was like you're trying to you know put your own spin on something and, and, and your own thumbprint on it but you're also trying to grow at the same time and so we went from just having Dallas and Fort Worth to having Dallas Fort Worth Waco and Tyler and, and, and being spread out all across, all across, you know, te- uh, North Texas. On top of that, you know, being a newlywed and and and, and adjusting to that life, you know, and, and adjusting to have somebody come, you know, you come home to every day was 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 a difference.
1: And, and this is, you know, you were saying that it took a little longer, but you got, you know, you had some conflict, probably is what it sounds like. And and how how do you handle conflict, or how did you handle conflict in that scenario with with how you were trying to change
0: what was going on and, and improve things? Yeah, so. Uh, I leaned a lot on on, on some of my mentors, um, Terry Adams being one of them, and some peers within within our group, um, and and I asked them a lot of questions, and 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 let them know that where I was struggling at. Right. And so them being able to be, you know, objective about situation and, 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 understanding that, you know, ultimately, you know, it's it's to my benefit to tell me again, what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear is what I needed. And so how I dealt with conflict is really just, you know, first of all, I think understanding that, that person's perspective, I think far too often in life in business or whatever, we only were able to see our perspective. And, and it's, that's, that's a hard way to go into a conversation because you, you're not able to get out of your own head while somebody else is talking, right? You already have the answers kind Percolating, percolating before somebody even asks the question. And so, you know, I think what I tried to do is, you know, no, what I did do is I got into the cab of the truck with the driver or I sat in the office with the, with the dispatcher and I asked him, I said, hey, look, look, am I missing something? Is there something that I'm not seeing? Let me know your perspective. And, and, and you know, this is a situation. It's not going how I, thought, I think it should go. There's an issue or whatever the case may be. Help me understand. What am I missing? Right. And not, you know, some people are combative. Like, hey, this is not working. You got to, you know, change or die. That didn't work for me. You know, because, I, I, you know, I just, it just did not work. For and I couldn't be authentic being that way, Uh, so you know a lot of that was just talk, you know, and talking, and I, you know, and let them know, hey, this is this is what how I think it should go. If you think it's differently, let me know. We'll talk about it, you know, but really having a conversation, really being, you know, open to their perspective of things and, and trying to understand it.
1: Well, I think that's key that you took the time. I think a lot of, uh, you know, people that are trying to be leaders, right, sometimes, like you said, they they, they know what they want to do. And so they they have those internal conversations, right? Well, this is the best thing to do. So I'm just going to do what I want to do. Instead of asking, hey, what am I missing? What can we do better? What can we improve? You know, if you take the time to, like you said, get in the cab of the truck. Truck with the driver, right? You understand his pain points. You know, when dispatch does this, this is what happens. Or when, when the dispatch says, Hey, when the drivers don't call me or do call me about this, this is what happens. Right. And so they can work through that problem solving together. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, this, we talked about this off air, but uh, no one driver is the same, right? You can't treat every driver the same because they're not the same. They have different families. They have different backgrounds. They, they came up a different way. They, they do things a little different. So, so I think it's important that you're listening and spending time with those guys.
0: Yeah. And I think for anybody that's getting into the industry and, and wherever, whether it's through brokerage or uh, an asset-based carrier or you know any supply chain technology company, I think having that perspective of you don't have all the answers, that you have to rely on people is, is important. I think that that's what separates good leaders from exceptional leaders and, and, and elevates above average managers to exceptional managers because they're able to do that. They're able to do it routinely and, and they made it a part of uh, their everyday life.
1: So talk about the next journey, right?
0: You go back to Louisiana, right? Yeah, so it was. It, that's a, 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 a squirrely story as well. So, um, so Jeffrey McCollum and I, we had. So Jeffrey followed me from well after I was in Baton Rouge, and so uh, he got to run his own shop in New Orleans. And I'm in Dallas, and we had. You know, because we were so close we stayed in contact and I always gave him my insight. And so we forged a relationship, we forged a friendship, you know, sight unseen, so with a phone call. And so, um, him and his wife get pregnant and I'm joking with him because, you know, we was just, you know, saying, Oh, well, we have we all had quote-unquote made plans on waiting a little while you know after marriage and and and, and kind of enjoying you know the the newly lit wed lifestyle and and so I, I gave him a hard time because he didn't wait much longer and then like a few months later my wife comes up pregnant and and he's like giving me a hard time because like you you didn't listen to your own advice we're in dallas found out we're pregnant and and we're like you know we thought we were good at with staying there but once the actual logistics of having a kid figuring out how to make it work day in day out came a high stress point for our, our family at the time and so you know i i was content on either changing job, leaving Dupree and coming back home and finding something closer because Jeffrey was was in New Orleans. He wanted to get closer back to his family in Baton Rouge. We made like an even even swap, and so he went from New Orleans to Baton Rouge to go to our dedicated assets group, and I came from Dallas to New Orleans to run the an area. And so perfect timing for, for what we were, were we're dealing with. Our stress levels were through the roof, but but we were able to to pull it off and get back home. And so you know, coming back home is the blessing and the curse, right? Because you you're home, but you know how everything operates at home. and and, and I say that because. New Orleans is a little different, and in and, and and people care about different things in New Orleans. You know, celebrations mean different things. So in Mardi Gras, scheduling drivers is a different is a is a unique challenge. Saints games is is a, is a different challenge. So you know, understanding that culture, understanding what it all meant, you know, it was it was a little unique. unique but I was happy to be home, happy to be uh, around family, and 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 help um, continue my growth in, in in the company.
1: So so talk about that with New Orleans. How how did kind of your leadership right? Tell me about how how it evolved from where you were in Baton Rouge when you first started assistant. And then now you're, you're in new Orleans, you know, how did that evolve? What, what took place to, you know, some of the main things that, that, you, you know, changed.
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, having gone through uh, the forging through the fire in Dallas um, and, and having to work through uh, big city, you know, um, competition um big city you know driver mentality um and it's dealing with you know the the ins and outs of, of navigating all that i mean it really prepared me for coming back home you know understanding what what it, what, what was important to people here uh and, and 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 kind of navigating that so you know early on in my career you know i didn't not that I didn't care but i, I wasn't i I wasn't aware of, of that, right? I didn't I didn't make it a priority to, to understand that until I, I started doing my own thing and had my, my own drivers. I was hiring, training, and, and coaching, and, and coaching employees, you know, whether it was admin or, or assistant managers and things like that. So yeah, it, 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 I grew a lot. You know, say at least I grew, you know, a lot more than probably i realized. Um, I knew who I was. I was confident in my abilities, confident in, in, in how I needed to execute a, a game plan.
1: So talking about that, you, you said admin and supervisor, and stuff. So how compare that, right? So you, you're managing drivers and now you have to hire and, and manage, you know, admin staff and support staff and, and supervisors. So talk about the, the different leadership, I guess, that went into the driver side versus the management side. Yeah.
0: I think, I think for me, it was intentional about it being all the same. So everybody had the same expectations for everyone. Um, that i was hiring whether you know for, for drivers i was particular look show up like it's an interview show up like you you, you want a job you know make an effort you know i look i know i, I know it's you know sometimes people don't have it and it's okay i understand that but, but make an effort is is important um, I, you know whether it was admin you know you know do some research on the company you know do you know who we are do you know you know you don't have to know intimate details about us but do you know what job you're applying to and and, and for management you said it in the last podcast you know what do you care about do you care about helping your people develop or you care about a title you know um the trucking industry you know yeah titles are important but but if you don't have success with that title because you can't get people to work with you or for you it doesn't matter
1: well right and i feel like in an interview if you hear a lot of I," I, I," you're probably not you know i mean you're gonna get some of that right but i think it needs to be you know like it needs to be more about the people than you know. You you trying to get them to the best out of them.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I think you know. Unfortunately, you know, you never know what you have until it's live action, and 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 people are thrust into positions, and you see how they they react. But I think you know doing your due diligence on a candidate is important you know doing a history on 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 who they are what they're about and it may not it may take more than one interview you know I know for a lot of my my interviews it took more than one interview for me to feel comfortable with somebody and and some guys were like really gun-ho about you know hey you need a, a a third look fine you know whatever i got to do you know and, and and who do I have to talk to and and you know and and so I think you need to lean on to, other people's perspective uh, a lot of the time, and 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 you talked about it last podcast building that coalition, building people that can that can you know, give you some, some different t- takes on uh, maybe what they see in, in, candidates, maybe it's on paper or just sending an interview and, and listening. But, but yeah, no, I, I think for me, I, I try to, to hold, to have that consistency. I tried to, to ensure that how I thought about how I was going to hire drivers, the same way I was going to have I was going to hire admin assistants or, or admin personnel or supervisors or managers that they all had to meet semi, you know, same criteria for, for, for building, helping me, helping me build my team.
1: Well, and I think that's important. Though, because the drivers see that you're holding everybody to the same standard, right? There's no favoritism, there's no preferential treatment, and everybody's held to the same, you know, requirements, and that that probably builds a closer team for you. And, and, I'm assuming, you know, because because of
0: that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's still a challenge. Look, everybody's not going to like the decisions you make all the time, which is, you know, that's just part of the the the, the role. People respect consistency, and they, they respect, you know, if you if you're able to articulate your vision. Uh, and articulate your goals and articulate in a way that they understand what they mean to those goals right and so that's hard it's very hard um and it's 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 not an easy thing to do but it can be done and it's it's you know the first thing is it's about identifying you know your style you know your leadership style and identifying the goals you want to, to be able to be executed by your team um, and being consistent in your approach consistent and in, and in, in, in your conversations and it's hard because you' you're dealing with your own stuff a lot of times right you know you're dealing with your your, your own message in life and so you know it's it's really hard and it's not it's not easy um, but again that's what separates the the really exceptional uh, leaders from the people who are kind of marginal and, and, and really, you know, have these, these ebbs and flows and and things like that. And, And it's, you know, it's not a knock on that because we're all look, I'm not perfect. I, I, I can tell you right now, when 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 we were going through the situation in, in Dallas and, and we're, we're having, you know, finally we're having a kid, and we're trying to figure out the logistics of, of getting our, our kid from point A to point B and how it's going to work with daycare and things like that. I was probably not the best manager because I was dealing with my own stuff, right? And I, I probably wasn't as available as I probably could be because I was dealing with my own stuff. And that's fine. Um, I think, you know, and hopefully if you build a team around you, you can have those conversations and say, hey, man, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with something and whether it's personal or you won't let him in or not, you know, I think people, I think people respect, you know, and they understand that you're not a robot. Right. And you're not, you're not just some, some plug and play, you know, Android robot that, that can, that can go about the business and and not be emotional. But, but, but that's, that takes, that takes, you know, some, some vulnerability and takes some, some opening up yourself to some pot shots and, and some, some rip shots. But you know, maybe that's the people you realize that maybe aren't in your corner all the time and you, you address it accordingly. But yeah, no, it's, it's um, you know, I think that, that that's what I, I took away from that whole situation. I'll ask you
1: this. Um, I know we talked about it on the last podcast. What are the top three things that, if if you had to tell somebody out there considering a career in transportation or logistics, um, that they need to be thinking about uh, or have on the top of their mind? Yeah,
0: I think the first thing is, is I've said it before: is identifying what role you want to play. So if it's if you want to be in a management role, you know, uh, doing the due diligence, understand what it takes to be in that role, uh, doing your homework on 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 how things operate and why they operate that way. Uh, you know, two is is really being open to change. And you said it last time, but that's key. In our industry, change happens all the time. It's one of the consistent things that, that we look forward to that something's going to change. How do we react to it dictates, you know, everything, right? And so...
1: Well, I I think that's important because, you know, you were able to grow and develop because you were willing to move and relocate and all those things. And I feel the same way Um, throughout my career. I've taken those chances to relocate and and try something different. And I got rewarded for it because, yes, it wasn't easy. It wasn't always peaches and roses and ice cream. And, you know, but but you, you learn right through the fire and, you know, all that. That's where you really grow.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, look, change is hard, like we talked about before. Uh, but I am a person that, that enjoys being stretched and I am a person that and I, I realized that and it it, beca- it it became apparent to me uh my first time I was asked to from so from Baton Rouge to Beaumont when I you know kinda walking back a little bit, you know, when they asked me, they told me, Look, you don't have to go anywhere. Eventually you're gonna have to go someplace. So you know, either you could take this one and, and kinda, you know, speed up your 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 growth process or you could not and that's fine. It it was like a really no pressure sell, but you know, they had the confidence that I would be able to to uh, adapt and adjust at the time and and pull it off and so um, it was scary and and every move after that was scary because you you go from this 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 really comfort cocoon that you're in and you know how things work you know how things operate you know your team that you have around you to being you know thrown into uh, you know a a furnace you know and being forged into a different person you know good bad or indifferent but you know hopefully you're, you're you're better for it. Fortunately for me, I was better for it each and every time because I, I learned something about myself, learned something about, you know, the company I worked for. I learned exactly, you know, personally what motivated, what really gave me some, you know, um, some juice to get up in the morning and, and attack the day. In New Orleans, I transitioned to a different role as well. So uh, I went from our operations side to dedicated sales. Uh, That's right. That's right. Yeah. Talk about that.
1: Yeah. How, how was that
0: transition? Hard. <laughs> it was really, really, really hard. Yeah. Um, so you like
1: hard? so that's okay right again
0: understanding what gives you juice understanding what what motivates you and and really what what percolates your senses is important and so for me I, I was I was yearning for some some a challenge. I was yearning for something different, and so sales um, seemed like the next best opportunity internally. And got an opportunity to interview and and, and apply for internal, uh, well, a dedicated sales role, which you know um, turned out to be probably one of the best decisions in my career to this point because it, it really plays to my strengths and plays to, to to who I am. Having to be inquisitive, having to ask questions, having to um, pick people's brains about things, um, having to put puzzles together you know on on how things work and how your organization fits into those particular um, or another company's organization really was was you know different in and, and, and the reason why transition was hard because you go from being a, a group contributor to an individual contributor and and you go from always having you know things to work on as far as problems because operations is always a problem always something's going to go wrong and you can you can set your watch to day the week the month that something's gonna happen you know you get accustomed to that and so sales you know because you're Always chasing those those fires, quote unquote, you know, opportunities. Um, it's a little different cadence, it's a little different beat, a little different rhythm, and so it took a little bit for me to get used to it. And it took me for you know, a little bit for me to, uh, to not to not have you know those off the spur conversations with with drivers or with, with uh, you know managers or with admin. and so you know it was a little bit of change, uh, but I'm happy. I'm, I decided to to, to to take the risk. Um, it's been rewarding for me personally and, and and professionally. It's really opened my eyes to an entire different way of, of looking at the business um, and I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I mean, complex sales is, is hard and it's, it's, it's really hard and everything fits into a, a tiny little box that, that can be sold. So it's, um, it's a little different, but, but I'm appreciative of the, uh, of the opportunity I was given.
1: Well, I appreciate your your honesty, AP, and and kind of walking us through your journey and you gave some great information about leadership and and your style and and how you grew and developed into your current role now in sales. And uh, next week, we'll talk about COVID-19 and how that's impacting uh, transportation and logistics, supply chain, everything uh, today. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, AP.
0: Thank you, man.